0: Chapter 8: The Impact. Welcome back for session 8 of the Activated Team series. In the last session, we discussed how central God's word coupled with his spirit is in disciple making. And then you had a chance to experience a DBS firsthand with your activated team. Hopefully, this has given you a picture of how to begin making new disciples. Our team is committed to helping you do this successfully. Please, it works lean in on this with us we are here for you if you need further training on how to lead others into a dbs please let us know with this commitment in place our objective this time is to revisit the impacts we want to make amongst the people we are most compassionate for and or those persons of peace got us placed in our path i want to provoke our imagination for a passionate gospel ambition over the next five to 10 years, making Jesus unavoidable. I'd like for you to work to answer this. What would it look like if you intentionally lived to love and make Jesus unavoidable amongst your people? This is a question about which stand you intentionally place your lit Matthew five fourteen through 16 lamp on, allowing your good deeds to shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father to begin imagining a picture of this we're going to work to answer five more questions along the way the first question you likely have already answered who are my people these are the who of your impact statement revisit your notes from session one if needed these are the kinds of people God has allowed to be placed on your heart likely because of your story or they may just be specific people God has allowed you to be in a relationship with. The second question is, where are they? Where do I find them in my life? If this isn't obvious, maybe you need to further explore where they are because wherever they are, you get to head in that direction. The third is, what do they need or want? What are their felt, emotional, physical needs? These are inroad opportunities for you to love and serve them and the fourth question is how can i meet those needs what are the ways i can serve and love them where they are right away possibly with the help of others and lastly the fifth question what could it look like if i did this over the next five to ten years what would the outcome be what is the vision realized Your impact statement spells out your who and the what or impact you wanna make. I wanna give you some tools to help you discern the specific needs of your people so you can tactically begin working to make Jesus unavoidable for the glory of Christ and their joy in him. Keep these questions in mind as we move forward. What do your who need from you? While I was in college for music I stayed on campus in my dorm during what we called inner term or maybe it was winter term. I don't remember, but it, it was that period in the winter between semesters. My roommate had gone back home to California for those weeks in my band and decided to take that time to record an album on campus. So when I wasn't in the studio recording, I found myself alone in my dorm room. Like other college kids, our dorm room walls were lined with posters of bands and superstars, but one poster didn't blend with the others. It was a poster of all the names for God in scripture, names like advocate, healer, king, savior, and redeemer. I can remember one particular day that winter, sitting on my roommate's half-filled lumpy beanbag, nothing like the semi-comfy chairs in my favorite coffee shop, staring up at that poster, reading each name one by one and soaking in the particular uniqueness and beauty of each name. To this day, this is still one of the most special times I've ever had with the Lord. I was so filled with an awareness of His goodness and glory at that moment. As you articulate whom God is calling you to go to and then determine where these people are, I'd like to suggest that we can discern what they need by relating to who we know God to be. He is referred to with different names in Scripture for several reasons one reason is so we can understand how he seeks to interact with us let's take two of his names for example and first explore how they're different the first name is advocate we know from scripture that jesus acts as our advocate before god even when we sin he says i've paid the price we also know that the spirit prays for us interceding on our behalf we have an incredible supernatural advocate now Let's look at the second name, Provider. The Bible tells us that all grace and good things come from the Lord. He is our provider. He gives good gifts to his children, he sustains our needs, and blesses us with loving gifts. Do you see how these two names are distinctly different? One bleeds and pleads, and the other gives us things to receive. We lean on these unique characteristics of God at different times for different reasons. So God is an incredibly diverse ministry to us based on what we need. He meets us in our specific needs. As a Christian, or little Christ as the name means, we are followers and modelers of His way. And His way meets people in their unique needs. For example, how many times did Healer Jesus heal those who needed healing? So... I want you to consider your people, those people God has given you compassion for. What name for God do they need? Do they need God the provider? God the advocate? How about God the healer? Or God the comforter? What do they need? Stop and ask the Lord, whom are they hungry for? Who do you want to show yourself to be to them? Be a student of them before the Lord. It might even be that they need to hear the specific gospel identity you possess that we discussed in session five. As you begin to hear his voice, I want you to start imagining yourself being his representative for those things. Imagine being the one who steps in and ministers directly to them as an advocate, or healer, or comforter, or friend, because they need you to presence him in their lives. God has said, go, and you are ready and willing. The Spirit is present in you, so you get to bring God's presence and character to them in their deep, tangible needs. Lovingly meeting people where they are with what they need creates trust between you and them. Someone who desperately needs a friend will hear you talk about the great friend when you're a friend of them. Your non-believing spouse who needs to experience peace from you will not likely care about your peace giving groom until you are one or someone who's marginalized and needs an advocate will hear about your great advocate when you advocate for them and their needs so what are those tangible things you can begin doing to love and serve your people you want them to hear something about your savior what can you do first your gospel ambition Within this series, we've spent time working to answer four or five questions from the beginning of this session. By now, I hope you're clearer about your who, you know where they are, you know what they need, and you're beginning to imagine how you can begin loving them. The remaining question in this session is a vision question. What would it look like if you continued to do this over the next five to 10 years? To answer this, Let's take it back to a posture of dependency on the Lord. What are you dreaming for in prayer? I wanna invite you to ask the Lord for a vision, a love-filled gospel ambition. If your life was a living sacrifice for these people, what could that mean for them? Do you have a picture of what presencing the gospel in an unavoidable way might result in? Are you seeing a whole family give their lives to Christ? Families, plagued with alcoholism and heartache finding freedom and healing in jesus how about your entire staff at work maybe you make jesus unavoidable there and the office gets turned upside down as a result the backbiting stops the people begin to assume the best in one another or maybe you have a gospel ambition for all the single mothers in your city how would their lives look different if you were a living sacrifice to them next Spend some time writing this down in your journal. I know that's a seemingly insignificant thing, but it's an important one. You know what Zig Ziglar said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time, meaning (laughs) you'll hit nothing. Having a gospel ambition gives you something specific to ask God for, to desperately seek. It gives you something to pray for. When God burdened my heart for touring musicians, I spent hours each day, While i was painting walls and washing carpets for work praying for the ones i knew asking god to reach them and pleading with him to allow me to help reach them and others i spent hours in prayer now i only have one last question how badly do you want them to love jesus how willing are you to sacrifice for their eternal future how committed are you to making jesus unavoidable so new disciples of jesus are made i tend not to recommend movies on purpose but i always think about the movie schindler's list it's a true story about oscar schindler a german industrialist and member of the nazi party who saved the lives of some 1200 jews during the holocaust by employing them in his factories initially motivated by profit and a desire to keep his employees He began to bribe nazi officials to keep them from taking his cheap labor off to the concentration camps over time however he began to grow in his love for his jewish employees and wound up using his entire fortune to rescue as many as he could with bribes in the iconic scene at the end of the movie after he's successfully rescued over 1200 jews from death schindler breaks down with emotion after looking at his gold lapel pin saying I could have gotten one more person with this and I didn't. Oscar wished he had used more of his resources to rescue even more Jews from death. What if he had been attentive to a vision from the beginning to reach as many as possible? How many more could he have saved? How might he have spent his time and resources early on? What's your vision? What's your gospel ambition? And what are you willing to change or do or sacrifice to reach those who don't know the love of Jesus that you have? Maybe you don't have a big vision right now for how to save a whole people group from spiritual death. Maybe you're not wired to think on that scale. So you just have one person in your mind who needs you to presence Jesus and her or his life right now in a real way. Please hear me. That's more than okay. I trust God is leading you to reach whom he's calling you to reach. But do us all a favor though. Make sure you aren't hiding behind the one, unwilling to ask the Lord if he has more people for you to sacrifice for and engage. Will you be faithful to the one and consider imagining even more with the Lord? Please take time to pray and ask God what he would say about your gospel ambition. We suggest being alone with the Lord long enough, without distractions, to clear your head of your thoughts so you can hear from Him clearly and distinctly. Ask Him what He wants you to do. Then write what you sense He's telling you in your journal entry. And I'd suggest running with what is clear over what's big. If you're like me, you might land on a big vision and end up doing nothing about it. Start with what you believe God is inviting you to do now, today. You'll have an opportunity to share with your team in session nine what you glean from this time with the Lord. One last thing, the five starter questions I shared at the beginning of the session are relevant for a vision of reaching a whole people group, and they're relevant for helping you be faithful with the one person before you. So may you be faithful with the one and dream with the Lord for more.